Wouldn't it be strange and wonderful if you were the one man on earth finally able to answer that question? Question? When will we realize that this world wanna play us? They starting to realize that these cops truly hate us It's hard to get a job with a PhD No fucking wait that this government can pay me Black hoods and white hoods What's going on with white hoods and black hoods? They string us along Misery still holds in between us What's up and welcome to episode 2 of We're Quite Right The show where we rarely agree yet still claim to always be right my name is Ivan McGovern. I am joined by my co-host Reese the MC. Reese Common, what's going on, man? R W E S C T H A M C. Welcome to episode four. <laughs> it is episode four because no audio wants to work for us, but we power through. That's what we do. Um, Houston Astros last night clinched the World Series. They are the kings of baseball for 2017. What a story! Uh, they defeat. The Los Angeles Dodgers in seven games. Uh, but what a win for this city. What do you think? Don't be trying to say what a win for the city when I made that point earlier. I'm going to say that this is going to be an amazing 30 for 30 in about three to five years. Once people forget what happened in Houston, which they should never forget. But in today's climate, everybody forgets pretty much everything. So with the hurricane and people being displaced, people dying, land being destroyed, the government not giving a damn. It's a beautiful thing for the Houston Astros to come through and win the World Series. The first one that they've ever won and the fact that they won it in a league, which they never played in until just recently, says a lot about their grit, their character, and just fielding their own homegrown talent from their farm system. And they are a scary young team. Um, they really have no expiring contracts. Justin Verlander's there another two years. Altuve is going to be the MVP in the AL this year, and he's still young. You got Carlos Correa at 23, you know, starting to come into his own as a potential star at a really tough position to be a, you know, true star at, at shortstop. And, you know, George Springer, you know, I stand corrected from what I said earlier. He ties Chase Utley's record with five home runs in a World Series, but he sets the record with 29 total bases, or maybe more by the end of the game. That was after his home run last night. Um, but that set a record for any major league postseason series, hit 380. He was the MVP, no doubt about it. Um, what do you got on their future, where they're going to be in three, four years? Do you think they can get another ring? I mean, it's hard to repeat, obviously, but with such a young core, I think they got a great chance at picking up another one in the next few years. Well, I disagree with it's hard to repeat. Baseball is probably the second easiest major sport that we have in America that is easy to repeat in. But I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be contenders. I don't know if they're going to win another one in three to five years because they're going to have to start paying some of these players. And since Houston is considered a small market, which is not really a small market, but in the, in the East Coast biased world, it's a small market, they won't probably pay all of those players. They very rarely in their history have paid that many players that are on that team that deserve that kind of money. You know, Biggio, Bagwell, the killer bees from yesteryear, got paid, but they're not going to get paid what these players are looking to get paid once their contracts are up. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they see what they have here and they're willing to become a little more of a big market team and spend a little bit more, you know, just to retain some of these guys. You know, a lot of these guys definitely have become parts of that city and what you think of when you think of that uh, organization. And, you know, 
especially like you said, they just joined the AL, and within the last three years, they were losing a hundred games a season. Like this is a major, major deal for that city. Um, you know, hopefully it can take take the mind set of uh some people down there give them a little joy in such a trying time yeah i think, um, I think it's definitely gonna gonna boost some spirits i mean the biggest takeaway from probably that entire series and probably the entire postseason of the houston astros is the fact that chase utley has a record in the in the world series that should never be forgotten five home runs in 2008 and you know that that 08 philly seems one of the greatest teams of all time you can probably argue that our 2010 11 12 any one of those three teams or even better than that team even though we didn't win a chip so at the end of the day just remember that the houston astros were an amazing story there was a a terrible, terrible, terrible natural disaster in that area, which probably was man-made, but we'll see what happens in the future when it comes to technology. True. And that Chase Utley is going to go to the Hall of Fame eventually, not when he should because the Baseball Hall of Fame is trash. What I will say, it's funny you bring up the 08 Phillies. Do you, have, do you follow this Twitter account? I keep getting people retweeting it and stuff that every day – they just relive whatever the 08 Phillies did. I kind of love it, honestly. No, I don't, I don't Even though that. it's not like a 10-year anniversary thing, it's just they just do it no, every year, no, and I absolutely love it. No, I don't follow it at all. I also don't even read Twitter, to be honest with you. If you don't add me or you don't send me a message, I probably don't know what you're talking about on Twitter, to be completely honest but, with you. But I'll give you, you got some great content on there. Everyone should give you a follow. I mean, I do what Start I can. Start tweeting at you <laughs> and blow up your phone. I do what I can. You know what I mean? I, I rock out with it from time to time. Like, I go on, like – probably three to four strong Twitter rants slash Twitter consecutive days of tweeting in one year. You probably won't hear from me for like three to four months, but when you hear from me, you really are going to hear from me. Do the birds own the sky and fish own the sea? That's all I'm wondering. <laughs> well, we definitely know man thinks they own land, which makes no sense to me. You see how it just rhymed what you just did? Boom. It's a reason why you're a rapper. I mean, I guess I'm retired. We'll see. For now, for now. Uh, Well, from one really positive thing in Houston to one not-so-positive thing in Houston sports, Deshaun Watson today goes down with the ACL. He's done for the year. Um, I feel bad, not necessarily – I mean, people tear their ACLs all the time. I feel bad for him that he has to go through that, whatever. I mean, he was so much fun to watch. Whatever. I hope this – whatever. <laughs> But yeah, I mean it's not like his knee. It happens like, all the like time. He Just because drink. he's the star quarterback doesn't change that. But you act like he dropped his drink. Yeah, you know whatever he going through right now, <laughs> fuck him. But I hope he gets better. Hey man, hey man, I, I got love for Deshaun. You know he, he's got a spot close to my heart. You know Habitat for Humanity grew up in that house. You know he does a lot of good work. Um, hopefully his recovery is quick and easy. The real question, but, you is, know, the real question is. Do you think he regrets giving a lunch attendance, the meal preppers, preparers, and servers, his game checks now that he's going to be hurt for the rest of the season? I mean, how much guaranteed money do you think he's got? Not that much. He's got to have enough. No, not that much. Remember, ever since that rookie weight scale, it's a lot yeah, to ever us. Yeah, ever since Sam Bradford. Yeah, ever since Sam Bradford robbed the Rams. Like, literally, Dave was like, nah, I'm, never I'm sure he's got plenty of endorsement money rolling in. Can you name, besides Dannon, no, not Dannon, that was that was Cam, and then they went to Dak. Name me one of his endorsements that's not his cleats, because I don't know. I love this show, and people don't, don't know. 
back in the NFL draft this year, I literally told whoever would listen that Deshaun Watson is going to be the best quarterback by far in that draft, and he might end up being the best player in that draft. And I really believe that, and I still believe that. So when he got in, the only thing I was worried about was will the Houston Texans be able to protect this man from getting killed by defensive linemen and linebackers, and they did a pretty darn good job. But... I don't know if he's considered that marketable in this climate where literally the people that we talk about the most have some type of controversy, and he's pretty squeaky clean. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. He, I'm sure he's got plenty of local stuff around there. and But, yeah, no, he doesn't have anything that's widely known. It's not like he's got a Marshawn Lynch Skittles deal. But I'm sure he's doing fine and got stuff lined excuse up that he me, can excuse do. Excuse me, sir. When you mention Marshawn Lynch, please put the God. Our Lord and Savior, God, Marshawn yes, Lynch. the God in front of <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. Not our Lord and Savior because he ain't saving shit, but he is a God amongst men. He sa- he, you know, him not taking the ball saved my Patriots the Super Bowl. So I'll, I appreciate him for that. I mean, it's not that he didn't take the ball; he didn't offer. He the was ball. not giving him yeah, the ball. <laughs> you can't snatch it out of Russell Wilson's hands, which you probably should have. But yeah, I was gonna say that would be something I could see Marshawn Lynch doing, though. At the same time, yeah. I, well, no, he wasn't on the field. That was the problem. Yep, I think. He was so he, he couldn't even do it. Otherwise, he may have. He may have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was on the sidelines for some odd reason. It. Well, thank you, Pete Carroll. But back to uh, back to Deshaun, though. Like I would do feel bad for the dude. He might still win Offensive Rookie of the Year because they're. I mean, Leonard Fournette was having a really good first couple games. Christian McCaffrey really haven't hasn't gotten off the snod the way we thought he was going to get. Mike Williams, who I really really wanted my Eagles to get, I don't even hear his name at all mentioned. Yeah, like, I, I haven't heard see, him once. Yeah, I don't really see any offensive rookies. Like, there's going to be offensive rookies whose stats are amazing that we're just not hearing about, but he still could win offensive rookie of the year. To be honest with you, because as they say, the quarterback position is the hardest position to play. He basically balled above pretty much everybody on his team on the offensive end. And when it comes to quarterbacks, he was putting up some fantasy stats. So in today's climate, that means a lot. He could still potentially win offensive rookie of the year, which would be a good look for him. I feel bad for his ACL, which means he we won't see him until halfway through the next season, which sucks for the Texans. But they lose J.J. Watt earlier, and they weren't supposed to be anything anyway. Maybe this will set him up for a better draft pick. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean – First of all, fantasy numbers, I'm a little hurt because now I have to rely on Tom Savage to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, so that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, good luck with that, man. But, you know, I I just hope this doesn't take too much out of Deshaun's athleticism. Question. What's that? Do the Texans pick up Kaepernick? Ooh. I just thought about this. I didn't even think about this earlier. But they're with their 5-2. They got to be somewhere around there. I I mean... And there's no quarterbacks now. Blake Bortles right now is the best quarterback in the AFC South. No, he's going to say that there are no quarterbacks available. We're not going to give well, him I, any. I did see that. I did see it. Someone said there are now no quarterbacks in the AFC South. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, why, why not? I mean, I know why not. But, like, could you imagine if the Texans pick up Colin Kaepernick? They're one, they're in Texas, which is known as possibly the biggest red state. I'm saying even more than that after what their owner said. Yeah, what their owner said. And then on the flip side, all of the great works that J.J. Watt has been doing, that will be an amazing uh-huh. story for Kaepernick to go there. I mean, part of me, I'll be honest, um, we're about to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo being traded from the Patriots, I, and which 
left them originally with no backup quarterback for Tom Brady. I was kind of hoping we would pick up Kaepernick just because of what a shitstorm that would have been in the media with, you know, obviously the views that people often have of Boston fans and their insensitivity in history. I didn't even think about that. I just thought about the fact that your your biggest figureheads on your team all support or did support President Trump. So to me, it was like Tom Brady wearing that hat, Robert Kraft being at parties and being at things with the man. I think that would be more of a deterrent than Boston fans being racist, especially because they don't technically play in Boston. Yeah, no, there's definitely some truth to that. Um, what's really interesting when you talk about the figureheads on this team in uh, reference to the Garoppolo trade, there was one thing that I heard where but a few days before the trade went down, Brady's camp felt that Belichick was going to trade him after this season and that this was a forced move by Kraft so that he can keep Brady until the end of his career but that Belichick wanted to move on from Brady potentially after this year or after next year and go with Garoppolo. And this was way that Kraft wanted to secure Brady as his and get rid of the threat. Do you think there could be any validity to that? Or do you no. think that's just the media no. craziness? I don't, I don't, I don't believe it, that at all. I, I don't think you can tell Bill Belichick what to do with his football team. That's oh. kind of what it came down to for me. I mean, Bill Belichick, I got to make this point about Bill Belichick because I don't think anybody's ever said it, and I think it would be an amazing story if it's actually true. But I think Bill Belichick actually has autism. I mean, Asperger's is technically no longer a thing by by the by the country, I guess. I still believe it's a thing, but it is no longer a diagnosis that people go by from what I've been told. But I think, honestly, that Bill Belichick has literal um Asperger's or slash autism and I think it'll be a great story of hope for people with autism if it comes out as true because the way he interacts with people, the way he just stares, the way he talks, the way he just doesn't want to be around people, his lack of emotion a lot of times, like I've been around a good amount of people with autism and he reminds me of somebody who's on the spectrum but I just want to erase that real quick just to jump on to the point that you made i don't think bill belichick is listening to anything robert Kraft ha- robert Kraft has to say just because he doesn't have to you know what i mean bill belichick hasn't had to listen to anybody since 2002 to my opinion mm-hmm. yeah that's an interesting i'm kind of all for that conspiracy theory and that i don't know that's an interesting thought because i mean he's just kind of a football savant but really, the social interactions are never normal with him. That's that's an interesting take. I I, I think we should do a conspiracy episode with that somewhere in there. Man, I've been dropping conspiracies since the day I came out my mama, man. I know, I know. We've discussed conspiracies before, and that's why I think at some point down the line, we need to discuss them for probably an entire episode. Man, we can just talk about conspiracies with every topic we're going to touch today. That's nothing. Ooh, all right. Let's try and work one in with every topic now um we can definitely do that like to me conspiracies is just a way of living like think about jimmy garoppolo we haven't really talked about that we're going to slide on to that like I you know. said the conspiracy is that he was kind of pressured into trading the dude my personal thought is the dude isn't that good there's not been any quarterback that has come out of the patriots in the last 15 years that was actually really good now this is this is certainly true but the here's the interesting thing with the garoppolo thing 
middle of the year trade. So have you seen that the Niners have basically said there's no promises that he plays this year? Um, I actually like this move on their part. Just sit him, let him learn the offense, let him chill, and get yourself a number one or number two overall pick and get go get him a weapon or someone to really protect him. But they have to pay him, though, so I don't necessarily like that move. Like I don't think that they should play him just because he's there. But you're going to have to pay this man at the end of the year because he's a free agent. So what, you going to give $100 million to a quarterback who's never thrown a pass hit for you? Brock Osweiler did it pretty well. No, Brock Osweiler. He played like eight games, but then he kind of snaked his way to 75 mil. Eight games. Eight games is a lot more than zero. Hey, one and a half. Eight games Never is a forget. lot more than zero. Even in those one and that one and a half, he didn't play great. He played well enough. Wasn't yeah. like he was out on a on a very good team at the time. Yeah, yeah, he still had healthy Gronk. Healthy Gronk, man. I think healthy Gronk, no matter what field that he chooses to go in, will help a life. Well, like healthy Gronk can help Martha Stewart out in the kitchen. Healthy Gronk can help police to so- like solve cases. Healthy Gronk could possibly throw an alley oop to to LeBron James and then catch the ball after LeBron James dunks it and dunks it himself. Healthy Gronk can do anything in this world besides. Besides, be sober. Well, I was also just going to say anything in entertainment I think he can do. No, I don't think people want to see Gronk 24-7. Like, Gronk could be very annoying. No, no, I know, but I'm saying I also don't think, and I love Rob Gronkowski, I don't think he's capable of solving mysteries with the police. He doesn't strike me as a high brain level person. See, but the thing is, you got to remember, he don't need high brain level because you know what he's going to do? He's going to act off of emotion instinct, and instinct. Yeah. Exactly. And he has some of the greatest instincts we've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Gronk could be Marshawn Lynch and, like, we like to see his 10-minute videos online. I think Gronk is best served when we see a little bit of Gronk, but when we see that little bit, it's, it's so a special. Blown. Yes, exactly. It's like It's like twice a year, three times, four times a year. It's like, oh, there's a Gronk sighting. Like, he's Bigfoot. So from one player close, formerly close to my heart, Jimmy Garoppolo, to another guy that we know pretty well. Wait, that makes no sense. I was gonna say he's formerly close, like he. No, nah, I, 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 I hope he does well, but I'd you say don't. he's you not, not on my do team don't, anymore. Don't lie, you do not hope he's in. The, he did, you do not hope he does well. Keep it real. Well, I hope he does well, but does. I don't ever feel threatened by the 49ers. You just hope that he don't die eventually on the field. You don't care if he does well. Like he can go out and throw ten picks, and you don't ever mention his name. I mean, I, yeah, it won't, it won't hurt me to my core. That's true. Well, then you're a piece of shit, even though I love you. <laughs> uh, another guy we love, Langston Galloway, making big moves. He is a true sneakerhead, but he just leaves his Nike deal to join what was a Q4 Sports, a company that I had never heard of. Had you heard of them before? Yeah, I heard of them. Um, but he gets his sneaker deal. Um, shouts to him. Hawk will never die, all that, all that, you know. Um, so in December, two-year deal, a new sneaker company. He's trying to help the players. He's growing the brand. He says it's for the culture. You going to cop a pair? I mean, it depends on how much they cost. Like, I'll definitely, like, I love me some Langston Galloway. And one of the things I'll definitely do is if Langston Galloway sneakers are at the most 80 to $90, I give it a hard consideration because I know they're going to be in crazy colors because I've seen, shout out to LG Kicks, go follow that page on Instagram. LG Kicks 9, yep. 
Oh, sorry, LG Kicks 9. Go see that. He's going to be talking to some of your favorite athletes in the NBA, and his closet is stupid as well. Um, also, shout out to his wife and family. I've met his wife and party with his wife. Very great people. But back to the topic, I probably will not be buying them if they are higher than 80 to $90, just because I love you, Lane, but come on, son. Like, I just, just can't be committing, especially because I got bad knees and a bad shoulder. I'm not even hooping no more. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be focused on hooping. So I got to wear them a certain kind of way. If I spend over $90 on the LG9 kicks, then I got to spend another 50 on the sweatpants and another 60 on the top. And if you know I got the pants, the shoes, and the top. Don't sleep and, on the socks. The sneakers. Oh, yeah, the socks are going to be stupid, as we already know. But then I got to get a snapback. You know what I mean? I can't wear any snapback. I got to get me a custom cursive LG Kicks 9 snapback to match the kicks. It's a whole movement here, man. I might even get a little hawk on the side just for the culture. So it looks like the kick he is going to be rocking is the Q4 495 low, uh, $110. So maybe a little out of your price range, but you may have to splurge. But the thing is, that's not his kick, though. I'm talking about if he come out with his own kick. No, it looks like he's, but he's getting a player edition of this one to start with. He may get his own down the line. But are they selling a player edition? I don't think they usually do I talk, I When I asked company. him the other day, he said, yes, they will be also selling the player edition. All right, now the player edition, is it going to be the red, white, and blue Pistons colors, or are you going to get his own colorway? See, that's what I'm thinking. I feel like, well, I would think the player edition is going to be the Pistons red, white, and blue, but I hope they let him just do, like, his own custom thing on the side. I mean, give me some camo or some rainbow, like, do something weird with it, you know, because he's got creativity. I mean, you look at his closet, and it is just stupid. I mean, I remember in his apartment, shout out to the executive house's RIP, uh, I mean, he just had stacks and stacks of boxes, so shout out to his collection. It is ridiculous. Follow LG Kicks 9 on your Instagram. He was out there with Stanley Johnson looking at his collection tonight. But it looks like yeah, it's like a that. knit upper and, you know, they look comfy. But it's all about that explosiveness. I don't know if your those knees can take it anymore. My, my knees are still willing and able to give anybody a quick 30 if I need to come out of retirement. But with the whole kicks thing, I think it's also a movement so that he can wear whatever he wants to wear off the court because he's a connoisseur of kicks. And the fact that he was just rocking with Nike and Nike wasn't really probably showing them the amount of love they should show somebody who is, who is in that game, former yeah. A-10 champ who has only put up positive numbers wherever team he's ever played for, who is a cultural phenomenon when you think about the story of him rising up who's a person who you might never, ever, 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 ever see in a scandal, and somebody who's just genuinely a great human being. you got to rock with these people, and they don't look at it like that. They look at it as a business, which I'm sure he understands, but that don't mean i got to look at it as a business. And Langston should have definitely got a lot more love if you see all of these other players in the NBA who I consider much bummier than Langston Galloway getting like player excuse of Nikes and getting in commercials and billboards and magazine articles. The last two things people don't really watch or read anymore, but those things are still happening. 
it's, it's just a little bit of disrespect. So shout out to him probably getting a way bigger cut now from this spe specific company. He can wear whatever the hell he wants to wear when he's not on the court. So win-win for him, you know what I mean? He's going to make enough money in his life to buy whatever kicks he wants. He don't need Nike to send him free kicks. So he's going to be fine. And shout out to him. And, I, and if he ends up getting his own custom version of this kick, 110, I might need to do it. I might just need to do it for my homie, man. You know what I mean? I might just need to do it just for the culture, as, as, as the kids say nowadays. Yeah, no. And like you said, he is one of the nicest human beings that you can imagine, especially for someone who's had the blessings that he's had to be in the NBA. He never forgets the people that got him there. Shouts out to him. But yeah, no, he really, what he said was, it, the big key was being able to wear whatever he wants to wear off the court. Um, and that, you know, Q4 Sports basically said, Keep promoting your page, wear whatever you want, you know, do your thing, which is so perfect for him because he has a legit collection. This dude is all about that life. Uh, speaking to speaking about shoe deals, one guy who's picked up a big deal from Nike coming into the league last year, uh, maybe the twinkle in your eye right now, Ben Simmons, trusting the process, balling out. Where where are you at on your boy Ben Simmons, rookie of the year for sure? Like I told everybody in the world who will read anything I posted online back in early September, the Sixers will have two All Stars this year, and that's all I need to say about Ben that. Simmons and T.J. McConnell. T.J. McConnell and Ben Simmons. Put T.J. McConnell first. Don't disrespect the man, but. Ben Simmons is doing stuff that nobody's ever done except for Oscar Robinson, and that's something that people got to realize. No matter what they want to say about his jump shot, no matter what they want to say about his free throw shooting, both things need a lot of work. But give the man credit for having to sit out a whole year because this is how the Sixers medical staff advises people. He comes back and look like he is better than he's ever been, which is weird to say since he's a rookie. And on top of all of that, he's doing something in the NBA that has gone out of favor, and that's pass the ball. Yeah, no, I'm a big passing guy. Steve Nash is my all-time favorite, you know, NBA player. But that's why I love well, guys got, like Simmons. You got bigger problems if Steve Nash is your all-time NBA player. Well, no, he was my favorite growing up. No, that's not what you said. You said he's my all-time favorite NBA player, which means he is still your favorite NBA player of all time. Is that true? I mean, he was like my hero growing up, so I mean, I'd probably give That's him a cool. nod. Heroes, heroes fail you. Heroes fail you. I'm asking you the legends never die, baby. Know. Is he your favorite? Michael Jackson died a couple years ago. Is he your favorite, favorite NBA player of all time? Yes or no? Oh, man. It, I feel – I'm trying to think. I mean, when I think of who is my favorite NBA player, because of all time, like, I – not to study. It's like when I think of them, they were my favorite to watch. And I have memories associated with watching Steve Nash that he probably still is my favorite that I watched in my lifetime. That's that's not the question. See, you skating by the question. It's just like when you when you had your first puppy love crush. Mine's was in kindergarten. Do you think back at your first puppy love crush? Does that mean that's the most beautiful person you ever seen in your life or that you ever fell for? No, but you are skating around the question. The question is, is he your still favorite NBA player of all time? Not your favorite to watch as a kid, not the one you appreciate the most, not the one you owe most to. Is he your favorite NBA player of all times? I think I'd say yes. 
I really would. That was my guy. Well, I used to get yelled at so much throwing behind the back passes trying to be like him. You kidding? Listen, man, Steve Nash is one of the all-time great players, but he should have never won two MVPs. Yeah. He never did anything to make his team win besides play 40 minutes a game because he couldn't stick. He, people talk about James Harden's defense. Steve Nash's defense was worse than James Harden's defenses, question, arguably. he. I love Steve Nash, and I'm not, like, destroying Steve Nash on purpose, but I just look at Steve, and I'm like, I can easily name at least – 20 point guards that were better than Steve Nash, not alone basketball players. But that's the beauty of favorite. You know, I never felt the need to, like, some of my favorite Red Sox players weren't necessarily the best players. It was like there were just guys that I loved. Red Sox players are trash. No, what what, would you say? I didn't hear you. I said most Red Sox players were trash. I'll I'll let you get by with that because the Sixers still haven't won anything in five years. So. Uh, well, actually, since Derek Rose tore his ACL, really, since that series. But Ben Simmons is balling. Yeah, never forget who he tore the ACL against. You know what I'm saying? Putting that pressure on him, putting them clamps on him. Even though he had, like, 35 in that game. He had to work hard, and that's why he tore his ACL. We destroyed his career. So we do in Philadelphia. We destroyed careers, even of our own players or somebody else. So be careful when you play on our team. We ain't playing around, man. We throw batteries. We boo. We throw beer on people who don't deserve to get beer thrown on. We tear ACLs. We whip your shit up. Don't forget that. So Ben Simmons is balling. The second best uh, rookie in the league right behind Jason Tatum, as we all know. Yeah, that's cute. Jason Tatum is going to be pretty good this year. Not that good. He's going to be pretty good. He has to figure out his position. He has to learn how to guard somebody. He has to get a consistent jump shot. One of the things we need to bring up is the fact that Alonzo Ball is shooting 33% from the field, which is third to last in the entire NBA for people who qualify. It's 195 players, I believe. So I believe he's third to last in that statistic of shooting in the whole NBA. And I just want to put that light on him. And November 15th, when the Sixers play the Lakers, it's going to be very ugly for some people wearing purple and gold. Because even if we don't win, which we will win, because we're a much better team than the Lakers, but this is we're going to take out all the retribution we had to face up with, with the fact that Dr. J only got one title in his career. And we're going to take it all out on Alonzo Ball's head, because ain't nobody guarding JoJo. Ain't nobody guarding Ben. Markel will probably be back by then. J.J. Reddick going to pull up from 28 just for the culture. And it's going to be ugly out here. Dario going to probably still be starting, getting a strong 12 to 15, six rebounds and five assists. Out here like Tony Kukoc, the new Kukoc. And it's going to be real ugly for them, man. I hope they keep Ben Simmons in for the whole 48 minutes. I hope they don't even let him rest. I hope they be like, you know what, Ben? Go get 40, 20, and 15 on Lonzo Ball just to prove a point. Speaking of uh, a certain man named J.J. Redick, he'll be happy to see that his beloved alumni, Fuck Duke them. Blue Devils, are number one Fuck in them. the AP poll. Reese, uh, I believe you are a fan of North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. How does that make you feel? It's disrespect. It's just simply, just simply disrespect. Um, I don't get too bent out of shape about it because I understand the fact that they are judging solely based on recruiting and who's coming back. 
and they judge that recruiting not necessarily on how good they think the players are going to be, but the rating of the player when they come into your program. So the top 25 AP poll for the preseason college basketball season goes, and I quote, the Duke Blue Devils at one, Michigan State at two, Arizona at three, Kansas at four, Kentucky at five, Villanova at six, Wichita State at seven, Florida I'm at eight, UNC at nine, UNC at nine, and around out the top ten is USC. And I just look at that and I'm like, okay, we won the championship last year. We lost possibly, possibly the best big man duo that UNC has seen since the 80s. Shout, shout out to Psycho and T real it. quick. I said duo, duo, duo. I get it. I get it. We lost those integral pieces this past offseason. But we add Jalik Felton, who's probably going to be freshman of the year, believe it or not. He might not be a top 10 recruit. He's a top 20 recruit. He's going to be very explosive. Joel Barry needs somebody else to tandem with. If Theo Pinson can find his jump shot, which he was supposed to be a shooter coming out of high school, and Tony Bradley really fucked us. Tony, I love you, man, for what you did last year. But if you would have stayed at UNC, you possibly, possibly would have been a lottery pick this year. Um, this is going to be interesting, man. Like, I don't know who USC got, but USC has been trashed for about 15 years now. OJ Mayo couldn't even the make Rosen. it relevant. When uh, de yeah, DeMar DeRozan didn't win anything. He was playing with Lil' Rose. It was like, it was like them and Taj, right? Start. Was Taj there? Taj is a little bit older. I think Taj was maybe a year two off. Um, Villanova, they five-star recruit from two seasons ago, couldn't play last year because he couldn't read, and that's a bad look, man. But they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty good this year. I don't think they're gonna be nearly as good as as number six in the preseason AP poll. Um, Kentucky's gonna be Kentucky. Kansas is gonna be Kansas. Arizona's gonna be Arizona unless that scandal really affects them and they can't make it to the postseason. Michigan State had a terrible season last year. But, you know, I think they're going to bounce back because they constantly make sweet 16s and elite 8s like it's their job. Duke is going to fucking flounder as they usually do. They're going to probably have a really good season, suck in the postseason per use. It's going to be a lot of talk about Grayson. Is he going to skits? Is he going to fall off? I don't think he will. He probably had a Ryan Artest moment last year, a few of them, and got his, his situation under order. So I don't expect him to even skits out at all. I think he's probably going to average 20, 22 points a game this year. But we're going to lock him up. It's going to be beautiful when we play them. We smack them all around. They'll probably be undefeated by the time they get to us. I haven't looked at the schedule. But, yeah, it's just it's blatant disrespect that they got us that low as if we didn't retain the majority of our players. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't lie. I have not been paying enough attention to college hoops this summer to look at and have a true opinion of what's going on. But uh, UNC at 9 coming off the big win, winning it all, seems a little surprising, especially when you retain a bunch of guys. You know, so we'll see. I'm excited. I love college hoops. Um, just watch out. All those teams better watch out for Charlie Brown, Fresh Kimball, taking our Hawks all the way to the top, barring some Phil Martelli uh, decision-making. Shout out to yeah, shout Charlie. Out to Charlie. Grow Charlie, that hair back think, out. Yeah, I think, he just had, I think he just had wrist surgery, man. I'm keeping my boy in my prayers. He's a really, really great dude. Shavar, Lamar, James. 
All them dudes, Markel, they, they, they good dudes, man, and I hope they do well this year. I think they're going to do really well. I can't wait for them to just stump on Drexel. Can't wait for them to stump on Sal. Can't wait for them to stump on Penn. Can't wait for them to lose by I was going to say get stomped on. Because yep. this is what we do as St. Joe's. We're going to beat Temple this year. That's going to be a really dope game. I actually think when I'm is going that? to that game. So shout out to the Hawks, man. I, it's in December. So I may have to make a trip down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to lock up to that game. Um, I think I'm going with some homies and some roommates. But, yeah, it's going to be a good season for the Hawks, man. The A-10 is a little bit weaker than it's been in the last three to five years. So there's definitely some wiggle room. But we won two of the last four A-10 titles, which has never happened in the history of St. Joe's to my knowledge. Well, two of the last three before last season has never happened. Two of the last four I don't think has happened either. It's gonna be a good year. It's gonna be a good year. UNC might 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 pull it out again. We should we should be two time champs in the last two years. But we'll take the one for two. Yeah, it's all about that A ten. Everyone knows that's the real ring. Um you I'm just gonna hand it off to you. You had some stuff you wanted to talk about in terms of behavior in academia by teachers, uh in inappropriate relationships with students. You wanted to go on a little rant? I'm not gonna go on a rant. I just one, I never said it was inappropriate, me personally. I just think that it's very interesting that in today's climate, many, 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 many teachers are getting arrested for having sex with their students. A lot of times these teachers are in their early 20s, mid-20s, sometimes late 20s. I mean, sometimes much older than that, and they're having sexual relations with people in their teenage years, 14, 15, 16, sometimes 17, and even sometimes 18. And it's just very interesting to me because I wonder how the world views the women who have been prosecuted recently and in the last few years about having sex with their students. Like, are they looking at these women as predators or are they just looking at these students as, hey, you're the man for getting some from a teacher? And I don't really know how to feel sometimes, you know, because when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, I honestly believe I was adult. I was already working. I was taking care of my responsibilities. I was doing what I had to do. So when I'm looking at these teachers in these students, I'm like, should they really go to jail? And then you do the flip side. How would we feel if it was a guy having sex mm -hmm. with women? You know, if it was a 30-year-old teacher, 25-year-old teacher, 23-year-old teacher and older having sex with 14, 15, 16, and 17-year-old girls. And the consensus probably would be that he's a pedophile. And that's not really the narrative for most teachers. They're going to jail. The women are definitely going to jail or getting plea bargains. But I don't know if the stain really holds tightly the way it probably should if we're going to really try to be equal. Yeah, no, I, it's an interesting point, and there's definitely some truth to that. I also wonder where that type of action stems from when you're the teacher that especially because as you say most of them are in their 20s they're really not that far removed um from being the student you know so what is it that is it like they're trying to make up for what they wish they had done as a student that they're now wanting to give that to other students like i don't really get what causes you to do that when you know how you know inappropriate that is in terms of the legalities and all that um, because you were the student 10 years ago, maybe sometimes less, you know, you would think that they would know how wrong that is rather than doing it. But I mean, I guess the heart wants what the heart wants as messed up as that is. 
I mean, that's another thing. Is it messed up? There's some states in America where 14 and 15 is considered consent and or and or able to marry under consent from the parents and stuff like that. So it's like, I don't really know how to judge it. I really don't know how to judge it. When I was 14, I definitely was making grown man decisions. But if I had a 14-year-old daughter or son, I don't know if I would trust them to make the same type of decisions. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. I don't know that there's any really correct answer. It's There's a lot of questionable stuff going on. Um, also, in terms of really bad stuff coming out, inappropriate relationships, basically pedophilia, Kevin Spacey, uh, all the allegations around him, just not good. Uh, I mean, there's one allegation. Did I miss something? There was, um, there was some more that came out where, uh, House of Cards employees alleged sexual harassment and assault against Spacey. Um, but I don't know if that's just jumping on the trend or if there's some real validity behind that. Um, so there were, yeah, it looks like there were eight people from the production team and stuff, uh, that described his behavior to them on set as predatory, non-consensual touching, crude comments, um, yada, yada, yada. So apparently there is more than just the Anthony Rapp. Uh, situation from when he was 14 years old um, so it seems like it's a little worse than before the thing that really bothers me is just that it almost felt like he was using the coming out thing as a cop-out and a distraction from the real problem which is really unfair to people who go through so much stress and anxiety over coming out that he's kind of using it as a distraction from you know things that he did really bad uh, in his past Yeah, yeah, but I feel like that's the thing that we do in today's culture. You know, like, I think that coming out is such a hard thing to do and such a, a noble thing to do if you feel like you're ready for it or if you feel like you want to do it. But coming out has been used as a promotional tool over and over again. And sometimes it's to promote somebody's innocence like Kevin Spacey is trying to do. Um, like Frank Ocean came out mm -hmm. right before his album came out and I'm not saying he did it to promote his album but it felt like he did it to promote his album and the album ended up winning a Grammy and putting him into superstar status and people tend to forget that literally literally Frank Ocean was not a superstar he wasn't even a star he was just some guy in our future who Tyler was nurturing and you got to remember that certain aspects of life people tend to gravitate to when they can emotionally attach themselves to and coming out is a very emotional thing and i commend anybody who has the bravery to just put their life out there and honestly don't give a fuck about what people think now kevin spacey fucking kaiser so say i don't know if i believe it i really don't know if i believe it because he didn't come out and deny the um, first allegation because he said he just doesn't remember it because he might have been drunk. So, yeah, it could have happened. I'm not excusing it at all. But I just think that it's just very interesting that people feel empowered when somebody is down to keep kicking them. Even, and it might be right. And I'm not saying that he didn't do this kind of stuff. But I just don't like the fact that a guy who has got to the point that he's at in life extremely successful, doing everything he can do to be potentially the greatest actor we've ever seen, 
or anybody. It could be a coal miner, it could be a cashier, whatever the case may be. And then their whole life gets ripped down through allegations with no proof yet. Once again, not saying he didn't do it, but there's no proof. There's no burden of evidence. There's nothing to link him to any of these things except for him being around people, which is sad because this is America and it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but we really understand that that's not true. Yeah, no. I mean, there is too much jumping to conclusion in America today. Uh, you know, it just, the way, yeah, the real, he didn't admit to it even. He was just, you know, it may have happened. I'm sorry if it did. And, you know, I don't know. It felt like he was kind of copping out and avoiding it. But, you know, there's maybe things we don't know. You know, there's a lot of a lot of shadows and everything going on all the time and all these allegations. And there's always side stories. And Yeah. And it's, and it's Hollywood. For ever since I was a kid, I heard about stories in Hollywood. And I ain't never even been to California. You know, so at the end of the day, he won't be tried for any of these things, most likely. But he might be sued, similar to how T Pain is. Look at that segue. That is professional right there. Listen, man, I'll be about my business. You know what I'm saying? Read the pre the pregame notes and see who I'm scouting today. But yeah, so T Pain is allegedly suing Lil Wayne, but that story is just kind of a clickbait. T Pain is suing Young Money, Cash Money, because he hasn't been paid for royalties he's supposed to receive from the Carter Three and from the Carter Four. Allegedly, one of his producers that he has signed uh, made a beat for Lil Wayne on the Carter 4, which he has yet to be paid for. And on the Carter 3, T-Pain may have been paid for his services on that album as a vocalist, but was not paid for producing, which he made the um, I Got Money Got Money, beat. yeah. Wait, no, I Got Money. What was it? Got money, I got money. Be he produced that, and he has not been paid royalties from that beat as of yet. So I think that this is just lawyer talk to say that hey, we're suing Cash Money, Young Money, but realize that we're suing Lil Wayne because he is allegedly the president or vice president of the label, even though they are really tight and cool. And I don't think that Lil Wayne, I think Lil Wayne knew. And honest with you, I think Lil Wayne knew. I think he's looking at it like, do what you got to do, T Pain, because the Carter Three came out in like '08. And he still hasn't been paid, so he probably been holding his tongue like, listen, Wayne, I need my money, I need my money. And Wayne's like, I need my money too, motherfucker, so go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the number is a little more than probably 500K. Um, I mean, like you, you know, here's a little conspiracy theory. Uh, Lil Wayne, you think there's a chance he's in on it, like you're saying? And he's also looking at this like, it came out 10 years ago almost. Let's get some people listening to the Carter 3 again. Nah, because he's not getting paid. So if say we all go out and buy the Carter Three tomorrow, and he sells another million workers, he's still ain't getting paid. All he's gonna do is make that that tax a lot bigger that Birdman owes him. But if he Birdman's not paying right now, what makes him think he's gonna pay later? So I think it's just more of a okay. I'm not stopping people from jumping down your throat, Birdman. I'm I'm jumping down your throat and I'm opening the floodgates. It's very similar to when certain people like fall and we all kick him when he down. Like look how quickly people start kicking um, Meek Mill when he was down. Everybody loved Meek. Meek's the man. Meek's the rider. Meek's the gangster. I love Meek Mill. Meek 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 Meek. And as soon as him and that Drake thing happened. And people look at me like he lost. Everybody want to kick Meek Mill down to the down. And then he's back up again. So now everybody rocking with Meek. It's the same thing here. You know, like, we just act like we don't. We act like we love somebody. Wait, did I say T-Pain there? I meant, I meant Wheezy. Like, that his album is going to, and his name will be back in the news. 
Cause, I mean, that's one of his biggest albums. You know, you think he wants people going back and listening to the old Lil Wayne? Tell you the truth, I don't think he really cares. You know what I mean? Like, Wayne is always high as a kite. Wayne spends a lot of his life being a parent and skating and getting high and putting out songs that he probably is not allowed to put out, but he don't care. Like, I don't really think Wayne really cares, to be honest with you. I don't think Wayne... The thing is, I don't think Wayne has been cold since you probably hit puberty. You know, like, Wayne has always been hot. In a, even if it's just a conversation, right. Wayne has always been hot. So I don't think Wayne really cares about that. Also, I'm not giving Wayne the credit for being that calculated. I think Wayne is literally like, you owe me money, give me my money. If not, fuck you, everybody. So again, you are killing the transition game. You're talking about getting high and skating. Uh, you want to talk about drug use and skateboarding? Seem to be something you want to talk about. Absolutely. I'm very, 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 very deeply involved in a skate culture recently. I mean, I was very involved in it when I was younger because I used to watch the very first X Games, especially because a lot of them were in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Shout out to my man, Bucky Lassick, who was my favorite vert skater of all time. Still is my favorite vert skater of all time. You know, I go really far. I go pretty far back with the skating-ish, man. I'm only 27, but most of my life I've been watching skaters do some amazing stuff. I watched Tony Hawk land a 900 live on TV during the S Games, even though he landed it sketchy, he put his hand down, but it still counts. First man ever to do that. I watched Bob Burnquist basically get perfect scores in the vert finals. I watched the big air become a thing where people were jumping like 60, 70 feet in the air and possibly falling to their deaths. I've watched a lot of crazy stuff with skateboarding. And one of the things that I'm really, really, really deeply ingrained in right now is Viceland. Shout out to Viceland, my favorite TV channel currently. Viceland's series, Epically Latered. And this has been a web series for years now that I never really watched. But now that it's a Viceland TV show, of course I got to watch it. And it's many documentaries on some of your favorite skaters' favorite skaters and the people behind those skaters. And the first episode, I think most people can relate to it, it was Ben Margera from Jackass from Pennsylvania. So shout out to PA. But the thing a lot of people don't realize about Ben Margera is that he honestly was one of the greatest skaters of his time when he was skating. And that's not a hyperbole. That's not trying to get clickbait. That's not none of that. Ben Margera was really that great of a skater. But he got so much fame doing the jackass shit and doing the skit shit and acting and just being a party animal that he lost his way in skating through drugs and through just popularity and fame and the first episode really is it, all of the episodes have the people that they're talking about in it so it's not based on a true story it is a true story and that was the first episode but there's like eight or nine episodes out now on viceland y'all should check it out because it shows some of your favorite skaters favorite skaters even if you don't give a damn about skating it's a really dope concept to watch some of these people who you've probably heard their names deal with the fame the money and the allure because a lot of times people don't realize Skateboarding was never supposed to be this popular thing that's catchy and cool and rich people are doing it and rich people invest in. It was people, people hated skateboarders growing up. People used to spit at skateboarders, beat them up, bully them, 
probably even shoot at these guys because they were considered the losers, the scurve of society. They're breaking rules. Don't grow your hair along. Don't be skating in the park. This whole thing is real, and certain people change that, and a lot of these pioneers are the people that they talk about in these epically latered episodes. So definitely go check it out. It's really dope. There's a lot of candid conversation. It's very open. Like You'll hear people talk about, yeah, I did like coke three times a day, all this kind of crazy stuff, and you'll see what they meant to people. Even if you don't care about skating or drug use, it's a very dope yeah, concept. I'll have to check so that, check, it out, check that out. I was not big into the skating culture, but I did always love if I was scrolling by in the summertime, watch those Summer X games. You know, I was always down with that. I enjoyed watching it. I just never really followed it enough. Um, but, you know, that definitely sounds like an interesting concept. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, you want to talk that. about some hand-to-hand combat? Some other people that often come from the bullying and get over that and start using their hands, throwing hands at people? Sometimes, Sometimes they, are the they are the bullies. Anthony so, yeah, Joshua is not someone I would consider a bully. Nice guy, seemingly, uh, defending his belt against Tar- Carlos Takam on very short notice. Um, you said you watched this fight. What did you think? It was maybe an early stoppage, but he was going to win no matter what. But Takam, iron chin, he he did not ever go out, you know, but AJ re- retains his title. What do you think? I mean, shout out to AJ. Uh, if anybody has never seen Anthony Joshua, please check him out. This man is built like a mutant. He's built like an Avenger. He looks like Thor reincarnated in black British skin. He's a beast. He's honestly a beast. But I don't believe him, man. I just don't believe him. Like I'm a guy who's bo- boxing is my second favorite sport of all time. He looks the part. He sounds the part. He he's everything that you would think that you want in a champion, but I just don't believe him because he hasn't really fought anybody, you know. And like when I look at him, I'm like, this is a bad, bad man. I think he has the skills. I'm not questioning that. I think he has the want and the will to do it. But until he fights somebody, I just don't believe him. He's just another big guy who hits hits hard. And if you're over over 120 pounds, you're going to be able to hit hard. You can have no arms and hit hard at at 220 plus pounds. So I just don't believe him. The stoppage was very, 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 very early. The guy was taking it. Yeah, you don't want him to get brain damage down the road. But this is boxing. It's a blood sport. Let the man go out there and, and die on the shield if you need to. I think he was only knocked down once in the whole fight. So, like, let this man fight. Fight, fight, fight. Like, one of my favorite boxers of all time is Arturo Gatti, and Arturo Gatti will bleed at least a pint Shout of blood. Shout out to one of the greatest fights ever, him and uh, Ward. All Ward. three. Yeah, all three of them. All three of them were some of the greatest fights of all time, and they would not stop that man fight because they're like, yeah, he might be bleeding a, a pint of blood right now, and he only has a couple more left in his actual body, but he might pull this out, so we're going to let him try to pull it out. Yeah, no, I mean, the real first big test for Joshua was his last fight against Vladimir Klitschko. But at the end of the day, I mean, Klitschko is an absolute legend, but he's, what, 40, 41 now? So, I mean, it's how much did he really have left in the tank, and he really tested AJ. But, I mean, AJ said it, kind of alluded to it in his uh, post-fight interview. The one that everyone wants to see is Deontay Wilder, who also fights uh, this weekend. But that's the fight that everyone wants. That's going to be the real test because Deontay Wilder is another one of these guys. He is the new era of heavyweight boxing. He is in shape. He is pretty thin, but he is built. He hits hard. You know, he can go the full 12 rounds. 
You know, these guys don't gas out like they used to. We don't really know what I do. Just because in the heavyweight boxing arena now, the pressure is so low when it comes. And I don't mean the pressure of fighting. I mean people putting pressure on fighters. Like, very rarely do you see a heavyweight who throws 30 punches around. Very rarely do you see that kind of stuff. Like, consistent punches, not jabs. Like, real hard-hitting, knockout-type punches 30 times around because they're so big they get gassed out. So Deontay Wilder's another one. I don't believe him until he fights somebody. Like, I really got to see this man fight somebody. Like, I, I want to believe him. He's American. He's black. That's all I need to root for somebody. But he knocks motherfuckers out. He does that. He All his fights except for one is ending in a knockout, if I'm not mistaken. But he hasn't fought anybody. You know, like, it's just, like, he, yeah, he's pretty thin. Like, his lower body's thin, his upper body's nice. Most of your power is supposed to come from your legs. So I really don't know if I believe him. Like, I think Joshua is probably a better fighter right now. But it wouldn't surprise me if Deontay Wilder beats him. But I don't think they're going to fight. Like, look at look at how long it has taken, and it still hasn't happened for Adonis Stevenson and, uh, what's my man, the crusher? Yeah. Sergey Kovalov. They still haven't fought. And they've been talking smack for, like, five years. Andre Ward came through that division, wiped it out, and then retired. And yeah, no, I mean, I think for both of them, the real true first test will be each other. But then it's, you know, if neither one has been tested, then who are they to test each other at the same time? It's a, it's a, it's a tough time for the heavyweight division. Exactly. You know, but, um, you know, who who are your other favorite boxers right now? I'm curious. Do you, you like Lomachenko? I mean, I love watching him fight. He's always electric. Um... I mean, Lomachenko's an amazing fighter. He's going to fight Rigado soon, which is going to be a very, very, very tough fight, which he probably should have never took because Rigado makes everybody look bad. I've never seen Rigado clearly lose a fight. I'm not saying he hasn't, but I've never seen it. That's going to be a really good one, though. Lomachenko is a good... He's not one of my favorites, but he's probably the best fighter out there when it comes to skill-wise. I love Bud Crawford, Terrence Crawford. He's amazing. He uh, has probably some of the hardest hitting hands at his weight class right now uh chocolatito is definitely up there my favorite fighter still is triple g you got rob from canelo canelo's probably my second favorite fighter you know it's a lot of good fighters out there at the lower weight classes it's hard to say somebody's lower when you weigh 180 pounds but it's a lot of good fighters underneath the heavyweight division the heavyweight division has been a mess for i don't even know how long it's just, I don't know, it's just sad because boxing needs a heavyweight champion to be likable and relevant and Klitschko. Yeah, no, just wasn't and uh, we'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to another uh, big event in uh, the fighting world, UFC 217 this weekend. Um, do you have any thoughts on this or do you want me to just take it on? I'm probably a little more excited for you. I'm coming down to Philly to watch it with one of my uh, roommates. Uh, we got the return of George St. Pierre, one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest, if not the greatest. My favorite fighter of all time in UFC. Moving up a weight class to fight Michael Bisping UFC. for the belt at middleweight. Uh, Mike, 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 don't don't sleep on Mike, people. Like, no, I'm not telling it to you, Ivan. I'm talking to the people. Don't sleep on Mike Bisping. He's old. We know he's old. So Four he's years, PGSP yeah. He hasn't fought, what, three and a half Bisping years has the like most that. wins Four in the years, history yeah. of the UFC. So for those that may not have heard him, or you may have only heard him talk shit because he does it as well as anyone else does. And it's it's t- it, I was watching Great the press conference today. It was tough to watch because GSP is not that guy. 
He's kind of got the little French, you know, accent going. Not little French accent, very French accent. But it's like he he doesn't talk. And it's something about those, you know, UK guys. Bisping, McGregor, there's a reason they talk. They're very sarcastic, and they do it. I mean, McGregor... I'm, I'm saying that area of the world, though. You know what I mean. I am Irish. I am Irish. I, you know, I'm... That don't, make, that don't make it better. Those, I know, I, those, the English-speaking folk in uh, that area of the world. Gaelic? <laughs> I don't know. He seems like... I think in, when you grow up around Dublin, you know, you're speaking English. That that that's my, I may be totally off on that, but... Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, but then the other big fights. Uh, good thing I don't have to spell her last name. Joanna Young Jacek, the queen of the the. I love this girl, dude. The queen of the strawweight division against Thug Rose Nama Yunus, who is also one of my favorite fighters because she shows absolutely no emotion. She opened her mouth, I, mouth, I think, three times in the entire press conference today. Because she basically said, I don't got to do shit up here. I'm just going to fight on Saturday. Shows no emotion ever. That's going to be a great fight. Joanna's trying to tie or break Ronda Rousey's record for most title defenses by a woman. I'd have to say she's going to. I mean, so there's a reason she's done it for so long. And then the fight I'm looking most forward to, uh, TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt, the former teammates. Now enemies. Uh, what? I got Cody. I, I'm very in the minority on this, but I, I actually like Cody Garbrandt. All right. Uh, we'll start at the fight even before the three title fights. Give me Wonder Boy, Steven Thompson, uh, knocking out Masvidal. All right. See, now you're trying to catch me here. Jorge Masvidal against Steven Thompson. I got Thompson. Is that is that just a spite thing, or you actually think he's going to win? Young Jacek, Nama Yunus, give me Joanna. I got Cody Garbrandt knocking out TJ Dillashaw, ending that once and for all until the next time they fight inevitably. Well, because the because the two of them have been saying once and for all, but I don't buy it. I'm using their words and then just saying, but I don't buy. It. They're both well. TJ's 31, but there's not enough bantamweights that they don't fight again for all the storylines behind it. Did you wait? Did real quick? Did you see the video Cody posted tonight on Instagram? He's been teasing it for months and months and months. Okay. Uh. Oh man, this one's so tough. My heart tells me I want I want GSP to win because he's an absolute legend. I'd love to see him come back, but I think Bisping is. Oh man, I've been going so back and forth on this one because GSP's shorter, but he's got the reach. I'm going my heart. Give me GSP.
I think yeah, I think, I think he's up to like ten years. He's up to like ten years without a loss because he didn't lose for six years or whatever. But you know, it should be a good card. It should be a good card. Yep. Yep, no doubt. Um, the other thing, US, UFC-wise, I'll end it on this. UFC 220 coming to Boston in January. I am praying that they don't make a surprise announcement and put Conor McGregor on that card because I actually want to be able to afford to go. But with that being said, uh, this is episode two of Work Quite Right. Uh, follow the Twitter account, at Work Quite Right. I'm going to try and get some you know content going on there. Start spreading the brand for the culture, for the people. Uh, you want to leave people with some words of wisdom, Reese, that don't end with trust the process this time? Hey, good night to that.